Even executives and experts need help. But what kind? And for which situations? There is no shortage of professionals offering various forms of consulting, coaching, or advisory services. Well, this episode is a solo one designed to help you uncover the similarities and the important differences among consulting, coaching, teaching, training, mentoring, and advisory, and to offer you a clearer view of what might be the most useful type of guidance for you, your team, or your organization. Welcome to the Manage Your Message podcast, where professionals come for ideas and inspiration to grow. By talking about their businesses more effectively and getting lots of other people to do the same. Here is your host, consultant, professional speaker, and author, Jim Carr. Come on in and welcome to the Manage Your Message podcast. I'm Jim Carr. I help professionals and entire organizations to get the most out of their everyday business conversations, the ones that actually generate by far the most word of mouth. And that means more growth in revenue, customer engagement, employee engagement, and your brand and reputation. On this program, we discuss three foundational components for managing your message. One, the message itself, meaning the words, stories, and evidence you want your marketplace to know about. Two, your messengers, the network of people who can help you share that message. And three, management habits that will shape your culture and turn your improvements into an everyday competitive advantage. My new book is launching this fall from Career Press. It's titled, The Science of Customer Connections, Manage Your Message to Grow Your Business. You can find pre-order information and even sample content on my website, jimcar.com. That's K-A-R-R-H. Hey, I'm excited about this book launch as another way to offer practical and effective ways for you to craft the simplest, most shareable, and most effective message for you and your business, and to get everyone around your business on the same page. Simply put, it's much easier to grow your business when you are a message manager. If you're new to this podcast, then you'll recognize this episode is a little different than the norm. Most of the time, I'm interviewing an expert, someone who is able to shed light on some important aspect of business messaging and management. We've already welcomed best-selling authors, researchers, sales, public relations, and marketing experts, keynote speakers, executive coaches, and entrepreneurs. Plus, we've been able to introduce you to people with very different backgrounds and unique perspectives, such as the orchestra conductor, Roger Nirenberg. Uh, former NFL quarterback Jeff Kemp, former CNN anchor Frank Sesno, and former FBI hostage negotiator Chip Massey. But this time, it's a solo episode where I do a deep dive into a particular subject. And this topic is one I'm hearing more and more often. Just recently, I was chatting with a friend who runs a small private company. They do well. He had been talking to a business coach and was thinking about hiring this person. My friend said he was still a little foggy on what the coaching would be about, how the fees would work, etc. It's easy to get confused given how many options there are and how many of them sound so similar, consulting, coaching, training, advisory, and more. I have provided some of these types of services. I've also paid for and received some of these types of services. If you're ever in the market for yourself or like my friend, 
then I want you to make a solid decision for your business and your situation. One size definitely does not fit all. Not all people, not all situations. I'll offer my point of view here. But foundationally, recognize that performance, performance for you, for your business unit or company, is an intersection of three factors, knowledge, skill, and confidence. So let's examine different categories of services that might be of help, keeping in mind that any business situation, any change initiative involves questions about what people need to know, the knowledge part, what they need to be able to do, the skill part, and the level of confidence that's necessary for making changes and making them stick. An important disclaimer, my descriptions and opinions are entirely my own. I don't have any particular coaching certifications or systems that I follow. I'm not pushing anything. I have hired three different coaches at different professional stages during the past years. All three were and are great. I was well served. But also in each case, the terms of the coaching engagement were something they and I worked out one-to-one. So take all of this as friendly, general guidance from someone who has been both a buyer and seller of these types of services, rather than as any specific recommendation. Your mileage may differ, take only as directed. So let's hit this in brief form. Looking at four major types of questions and areas of confusion that I tend to see most often, those tend to be around First, labels and language, the nature of the work itself, the financial implications, and finally, how to evaluate whether it was valuable or not. Let's begin with the names given to these types of professional services. There is overlap, yet some important differences in my view that can get confused. Some clarity would help, not just for those who are considering those types of help, but also the providers. The term consulting, for example quite broad. There are solo consultants, boutique firms, all the way up to massive global consulting firms. There are consultants for nearly everything, strategy, processes, marketing, on and on. These are typically people with, or certainly should be with, specific subject matter expertise. Consulting is generally project-based with objectives, one or more deliverables, and a specific time frame. The deliverable might be a plan, a playbook, a process, some sort of document, curriculum, or even some event. Consultants are most useful for a client organization that needs to do something different, that thing is important, and for which the client lacks expertise or capacity. For example, a company might have made an acquisition or introduced a new product line or added a sales channel. And they need everyone to be ready for new conversations and different questions or assumptions on the part of customers. Their landscape's different. A good consultant can simplify the issues and help the client achieve their objectives quickly, or at least faster and with less risk of failure than they could do themselves. On to coaching. Coaching tends to be focused on developing a specific competency with one or more people in the business. So think of a coach in sports who works to bring out the best in a team or organization. They aren't the ones doing the actual playing. Coaches help everyone perform their jobs on the team better, and they hold the participants accountable. They get team members to be able to eventually perform in real time under stress in what you might call game conditions. That means teaching the concepts and doing a lot of practice. 
The specific competency can be lots of things, of course. Communication and presentation skills, negotiation, handling team conflict. Those are popular topics, but there are many, many more. It's common for, say, a board of directors to hire a coach for a key executive who might be in a new position or lack strength in a particular area. Then there is mentoring, which is distinct from coaching. I'll repeat just a few of the distinctions between coaching and mentoring made by the great Alan Weiss. Coaches might work with individuals or groups, whereas mentors are a resource for individuals. Coaching is for some fixed period of time, while mentoring is more open-ended. Coaching can be proactive and reactive in nature, while mentoring is reactive. The person, the mentee, if you will, has access, but not periodic scheduled interaction. Think of a mentor as a sounding board. Mentors have wisdom and insights, but don't necessarily need deep subject matter expertise. I know some very accomplished consultants who will, for some executive clients, adopt a role of advisor, and this is a little different as well. In the advisor scenario, the advisor is on call with immediate or at least rapid response access for the client. You might think of this person as a sort of professional insurance policy, typically for an executive or leader who has a major decision or change initiative. These tend to be short-term arrangements, perhaps for a few months, and they become options because that advisor has a great reputation and a trusting relationship from the client. The client essentially buys priority access from the advisor for some period of time. There's not a specific deliverable like a report or assessment. It's simply access. And like an insurance policy, the client typically doesn't want to have to use the service very often, but it is there as needed. And I'll say that there is a certain mindset that needs to be in place for both the advisor and the advisee. For the advisor, you have to not only be accessible and be open, but you have to always say completely what you think and why. You don't hold back. And you have to accept the fact that your client might not follow your advice. What you have to do, you owe it to them, you owe it to whoever's writing the check, is that you'll bring everything that you have honestly and directly and empathetically into that arrangement. If you're on the advisee side, then the other side of the coin is to have that right sort of expectation about what the advisor can do. You deserve to have high expectations about their accessibility, their honesty. They shouldn't be holding anything back. You don't want to abuse the relationship, but you want to use it for all it's worth and at least agree to deeply consider the advice that you're getting and that you're paying for. But again, you're not obligated. There is another term we hear a lot, retainer. Now, a retainer is simply a financial arrangement. It doesn't have anything necessarily to do with the type of advice offered or needed. With a retainer agreement, the client is essentially paying for some number of hours of service and putting them into the bank of sorts to be drawn down as needed. That means you've settled on an hourly rate for services, which as an aside, I find a bad way to price high value professional services. I find that something based on hourly rates and input, that puts the interests of the consultant and client at odds. Essentially, the incentive is for the consultant to spend more time working on the business issue. And of course, clients want guidance and solutions sooner rather than later. We can explore the fundamental tensions of hourly rates in another episode sometime. 
So here in a short period, a short episode, I've discussed several arrangements. There are lots of options, maybe too many. Having a lot of options can make decisions more difficult and stressful. I find it's best to begin and end your decision with a sober assessment of this. What knowledge, skill, and confidence do you and or the people in your business need to have in order for strategically important changes to happen? If a company lacks a certain expertise or perspective or doesn't have enough bandwidth internally for an important project, then you're likely looking at consulting services in order to get the project done and done effectively and relatively quickly. If there is a specific knowledge base and skill that you need a team or cohort group to have, then that would seem to fall under training. If you need to get the most out of a team, perhaps grow their skill levels and relationships and confidence over a period of time, that sounds like coaching. If a leader or executive group needs to be able to call on an expert with questions or for advice, that sounds like advisory work. And there can be combinations. For example, I've had consulting engagements with a deliverable of a marketing plan or a messaging playbook, followed by coaching to help specific business units implement the plan, practice, gain confidence, and support one another. I hope all of this is helpful and somewhat clarifying, whether you find yourself in the market for professional services like these, or you're helping a friend or colleague to navigate the best decision for them. You have questions, comments? Did I miss something? I hope you'll email me at jim at jimcard.com, K-A-R-R-H. Connect with me on LinkedIn, and I would be happy to chat over the phone as well. My direct number is on the website, jimcard.com. On that site, you'll also have the opportunity to sign up for my free weekly message manager memo with brief yet valuable tips you can put to use in your organization right away. You likely know of an organization or association full of professionals who would really like to have better messaging themselves and more confidence. On my website, you'll see a speaking page with information on keynotes and workshops too. We have another set of terrific guests coming up on the podcast. Soon I'll also do a few special episodes devoted to ways you can use the major points from my new book, The Science of Customer Connections, Manage Your Message to Grow Your Business. A a quick thanks for the many five-star ratings. Please add yours if you would like to make it easier for other professionals to find this podcast and to get value from it. I hope to hear from you. Until next time, message managers, thanks for joining the conversation. Thanks for joining us on the Manage Your Message podcast with Jim Carr. You'll find show notes and other resources at managermessagepodcast.com and jimcarr.com. Please help us serve you and other message managers by subscribing to, rating, and reviewing this podcast. And connect with Jim on LinkedIn and on Twitter at Jim Carr. Until next time, we hope your business message is shared well and often.